look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popovich. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Uh, last week, a stampede survived it. Did you, you? You've got you've got a tough night still to go tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna finish and then I it fly strong. out to Toronto. Who goes to Toronto after stampeding? Like that's yeah. People like me and Andrew not well him. thought out, but um, whatever. Yeah. The airline will deal with you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I don't see a video of you. Oh. <laughs> Great. Great. Uh, we got a shortened show today due to the football game. Yep. Uh, let's let's uh, cheer on. You know, wish the stamps the best here. But let's make uh, best of the time that we've got here. Um, a pretty cool show. Uh, we're br- we're bringing on our industry regulator uh, and the president of that uh, because we want to talk about a, an issue that's going to face um, Canadian investors as they age. Yeah. This isn't specific to Canadian uh, investors that are aging, but we know that vulnerabilities increase as we age, and uh, our industry. And our regulator takes us very seriously, um, and we know it's a serious problem. So we're going to hear a little bit about how to safeguard yourself, your family, um, against vulnerabilities. Um, Interesting topic. Uh, I want to talk about a different topic, though, uh, to get this show kicked off. I want to talk about um, fees and value. Wow. Let's not shy away from this. Okay. Right. I'm glad we're talking about this because you and I have been talking about this for a while. Yeah. Many of you listening have probably heard or seen the commercials out there about um, advisors getting fired uh, on a commercial because they don't see uh, they're moving somewhere else because of the cost. Yep. What I believe is missing in those commercials is do the per- does the person not see value? Now it's it's implicit they don't see value and that's why they're leaving. Oh, but uh, yeah, it, it it is. Okay, sorry. Let me right. And so it's it's the industry as a whole right. has talked about fees that are being charged yep. based upon the management of the money. Yep. And so you and I always have these conversations of what does the value that the advisor provides and is the fee justified in the client's view? Right. Um, I'm going to expand that. And, and I'm going to say to you, I'm going to raise this topic, get your thoughts on it. It's very difficult to determine value if you, in fact, don't know what your fees are. Yes. So there's a different issue here as well. Yes. There's a transparency issue. Yeah. Right? Um, which always surprises people. And, and Yeah. So we, we learned about this years ago in our practice when we were seeing that people were just commenting on what they are paying in fees based upon what the advisor or the brokerage firm is charging. Mm-hmm. What they did not realize is that some of the underlying investments that they're in have embedded expenses to it that the client never sees. Right. So there's a hidden cost. We call that the wholesale cost. That's the cost of owning that product in your portfolio. Where would you find a wholesale cost? So So, if somebody's listening to this, what what the heck is a wholesale cost and where would I look for this? Good question. Good question. So um, foreign exchange, whenever you do a transaction, there's a hidden fee to that sometimes there is in mutual funds right there's a management expense ratio um and that's not the commission the trailing commission to the advisor i'm just talking about the management fee yeah then there's a management fee for an exchange traded fund yeah so there's different types of investments out there that have embedded costs right right um and i'm going to go on i'm going to go on a limb and it's it's not 100 percent, but i'm going to say if you have anything but a pure stock or a bond like a very just a, a pure common share that you own in an account or a, a bond, okay, 
if it's some other kind of structured product other than that, there is most often, not 100% of the time, there's most often an embedded or hidden cost. In Correct. That. And I don't think the public understands that. Right. And I think they need to be disclosed that information. So you and I made a conscious decision many years ago right. to be fully transparent of hidden right. and, and costs that they will see on their statements. Right. To produce a total cost of ownership. Correct. So right? tra- fee transparency is important. Right. Now, beyond that... Right. So if you've got fee transparency now, yeah, now, now, that we're, now we're at value. Now you can compare apples to apples. That's correct. Okay. And so when an advisor says, I charge you, and let's make up some numbers here, I charge you 1%. Right. And another advisor says, I'll charge you 1.5%. Right. The concept is, let's go to the 1% because the 1% is cheaper. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean there's more value in it. Right. And there may not be full fee transparency. So do, as a listener, do your due diligence on saying, what are all the costs? I want to know full fee transparency. Right. Not just what you're reporting on your statements. Right. Okay. The second part of this now comes down to is what overall services do you require as an investor or a client? Right. Are you looking for more than just money management? Because money management is a program or a strategy that is going to be declining in cost. It's already happened. Well, and just think about the evolution of the industry, just so people understand what you're talking about, right? So we had an industry at one time that was just a full-service advisory. Yeah, stock right? brokers. Stock brokers. Yep. Okay, and you paid a commission, typically, buy and sells. And then the industry went and sort of branched off, and we, uh, we had this um, discount arm. Right, yeah. so where you can do it yourself and you pay a discounted amount for Correct. that, right? Because it's just a transaction fee. There's no embedded uh, price, if you will, for yep. the the advice. Okay, and then we're further branching out in this fintech, you know, financial technology. These things will commoditize and operationalize the ability to to trade, so it brings those costs down, right? So that's what you're speaking about the the, the, the cost costs. to actually trade and do those kinds of things is coming down with Correct. technology. Correct. And it's going down to pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Right? Where the value an, an investor or a client needs to see is what other services are being provided in what I'm looking for. Yeah. Am I getting a bunch of other stuff? Right. We'll call it stuff, right? Stuff, yeah. And tax strategy, uh, um, looking at your healthcare programs, looking at your right. estate planning, right. retirement planning, you know, risk mitigation, right. understanding those different services that are out there. Because you can buy those in- services individually. Well, that's, what, that's the fragmentation that's happening, right? So to your point, I think uh, uh, investors okay, need to become more educated about what channel they should be in to Correct. get value. And right. right now, investors look at two things. What's your rate of performance? Right. And how much do you charge? Yeah. And that's what they base their... That's like going into a car dealership and saying, give me the fastest car and tell me what the cheapest price is. Not knowing anything else about the vehicle. Right. Does it have seatbelts? <laughs> Don't know. Don't right. care. Right. I just want to know how fast I can drive and how cheap it is. And unfortunately... When you don't know if you have seatbelts or not, yeah. when the crash comes, yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so to determine value, you need to understand what your goals and objectives are. And I want to quickly um, uh, put this uh, this in because this this sort of conversation came up as a result of um, talking to a client this particular week. We were going through a detailed financial plan yep. and uh, risk mitigation in terms of this was total wealth. This had nothing to do with stocks, but it was about in the event that something should happen. Um, there's different ways to protect yourself, and, and the reason it came up is. Uh, he had a, a close family member, um, part of the extended family, pass away suddenly, and uh, there was there was no insurances in place, and this family is now being materially impacted by this. Yes, um, 
and there was no, it doesn't appear, at least there was any coordinated strategy, right? So there's a very, it's very different. You, you've got to know the channel that you're going to go down here. If you just want inexpensive transactions for stock picking, that's, that, that's a different objective than if you're looking at Holistic. total wealth management, Correct. right? Uh, um, risk mitigation, those kinds of things. And it's, it's incumbent upon everybody to educate themselves enough to know that they should, what questions they should be asking when they when Correct. they're interviewing advisory teams, and that's today's program. It's yeah. talking about what we need to as an investor mm-hmm. and as a client of an advisor, what you should be asking. What right. are all your services? Right. What's the value that I see in them, and should I be dealing with you based on that? Exactly. And then also, as people age, in our next segment, we're going to talk about the vulnerability and and issues that come up there. So this is all about the total package. This right. is not a transactional game anymore. Well, it, it could be. Let's not discount that. Some people could could just want that. Correct. Right. But what you don't want is 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 it would be inconsistent to expect that transact that low fee transactional thing. But I want all of these other services. You're not going to get both of those. That's why it's yeah. critical. I'm, we're trying to you're educate. paying for human capital here. Yeah, right? so we're, you're, we're going to pay for. That's it. right. We're trying to educate. And to that point, let's let's remind everybody about our upcoming seminar because so that's talk, the education. Yeah, let's talk about educating on all four buckets. How yeah. the whole strategy works on Tuesday, July 23rd, 7 p.m. at the Four Points Sheraton Hotel in West Calgary. Reserve your seats at 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or go on our website to register at morethanmoneyradio.com. As our population ages, there will be more and more people that become vulnerable uh, to predators, to bad decisions, and we want to help protect against that. Tune in in the next segment. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. We've got a terrific guest with us today, um, Faisal. Uh, we have a regulatory body that makes sure that oversees um, how our industry runs, um, that uh, clients uh, are protected, and there's, you know, there's a, you know, as our listeners know, we deal with a uh, a population of clients that are transitioning to or living in retirement. Correct. And with age, sometimes uh, comes some vulnerability and potential risks associated with that. Not exclusive to age, but in our practice, we see that as people get older, perhaps you have a diminished mental capacity. There's an illness. There, you know, it could be a number of things that do that. And um, our industry. And, and in particular, our regulator takes this very seriously uh, about how to protect people that are in a vulnerable position. Again, not just 100% on age. And so we've got Andrew Kriegler, who's the president and the CEO of IROC, uh, joining us. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's good to be with you. Just so that the, the population knows that's listening, um, Andrew, kind of give the idea of what is IROC and what their responsibilities are. Sure. Uh, so IROC is an acronym that stands for the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. It's the national self-regulatory body that regulates investment dealers and their registered employees across the country and also oversees the trading of equity and debt securities in Canada's markets. All right. Terrific. Um, with that being said, um, I do want to talk a little bit about vulnerabilities. Now, we've, we've got a 10-minute segment to do, uh, Andrew. I'm not sure we can do full justice to this, but um, I do want to raise awareness, or Faisal and I want to raise awareness about, um, you know, clients that are, are potentially uh, vulnerable. And that, as I said at the, at the top of the, uh, the clip, it could be because of, of age-related issues. It could be because of, of illnesses. It could be a number of different things. And um, I'm very interested in, in your take as the leader of, of IROC, uh, what kind of safeguards, um, what should people be thinking about, both from an advisory perspective, 
uh, things that should be in place from a practice perspective, and what should families know about to safeguard uh, against any potential vulnerabilities that they, they may have? Well, I think I'll begin by reiterating something you said at the, at the outset, Dave, which is uh, the focus is on people, on clients who are vulnerable. And while certainly uh, as people age, the, the probability that they may become vulnerable uh, because of diminished capacity or other issues uh, is a little bit higher, we aren't only talking about yes. uh, people who are older. People can become vulnerable at any point in their lives uh, for a whole variety of reasons. You know, it can be because of a, a physical or, or psychological family trauma. It can be a life change, a medical condition as you as you identified, or even something as simple as a lack of financial literacy and, and, right. and not knowing enough about uh, the context in order to make uh, important decisions in their financial lives. So, you know, all of us in the industry together, us as a regulator, uh, the, the good advisors, good firms, uh, want to make sure that people are protected when they are vulnerable. Well, and I, I you know, I think that um, that statement um, is incredibly powerful in the sense that we are working, we are in an industry, Faisal, um, with an expertise uh, that typically, you know, exceeds what our clients have. And so there is a vulnerability, maybe just in general terms about that. Yeah. I know, Andrew, you're speaking about something beyond just that, for sure. Um, but it is, it, it does, um, we need to address that uh, in terms of people's total wealth needs or their trading in stock or whatever the case may be about how best to to handle that and, and do it. Andrew, I'd like you to speak to um, the organ, your, the, the IROCs and, and your work and your team's work around this notion of vulnerability and um, how, you know, how does a family identify or how should they think about a vulnerability um, themselves, you know, within, with, whether it's age-related or not? Sure. Well, I think um, a couple of things. First, let's try and put this in context so that people have a sense for, for how real this challenge is. Yeah. Uh, there are some interesting statistics that CARP, which is a, a Canada's largest advocacy organization for older Canadians, it, it used to be called the Canadian Association of Retired Persons, mm-hmm. uh, it, it came out with some numbers a little while back that said that every six minutes a Canadian is diagnosed with dementia. Right and that one in five older Canadians can be subject to elder financial abuse. Right. So just for those causes alone, there's, there's people out there who are at risk. So we recently conducted a survey of um, a little over 1,000 Canadians to ask them about some of the ways in which they could help mitigate the risks of, uh, of these sorts of vulnerabilities. And one of the first things we asked about was the idea of a trusted contact person. Right. A trusted contact person that their financial advisor is aware of, uh, that's put in place at the beginning of a relationship, or, or really any time if it's not there already, and that the advisor can go contact if they think there's a problem that exists uh, with the client, be it uh, a, a diminished capacity issue, be it uh, uh, an inability to make decisions for other reasons, or at the worst case, potentially uh, some possibility of, uh, of uh, financial abuse. And the reason we wanted to go out and talk about this was because it occurred to us that not very many Canadians have thought about it. And indeed, to be honest, not that many advisors yet have done so either. Right. So we, we wanted to look at that. And, and what was interesting about it is that there was overwhelming support from Canadians for the idea of having this trusted contact person. 
so that, you know, as part of the relationships that, that you would have as an advisor with your clients, you know for each one of them who you can go to if you think there might be a problem and you need to be able to get another perspective on the question at hand. Now, so in, that's something that we think is a first step that should be taken. And I, and I think it's wonderful. And, and um, the, the, so the, you said something interesting, overwhelming support of the idea. In practice, um, um, it's in, the family dynamic, Faisal, is very interesting, right? right. Um, particularly with maybe that, that again, I'm, I'm speaking, Andrew, to sort of the client base and the listening population that of we course. have, which is that that older population, there's sometimes a reluctance for, for parents to share that information, um, you know, detailed financial wealth information, whatever the case may be, yeah, with, yeah. with their, uh, their kids, as an example. Andrew, did you, did you get in, in your survey, was there any feedback beyond sort of that idea about the family dynamic and, and how best to do that? or, or how, how to select a, a trusted person? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because most people will probably pick a spouse, but that may not be the right person because of either right. experience, expertise, or lack thereof, yeah. you know, financial literacy we've talked about. Yeah. Um, so, so when it comes to what's the process someone should go through to selecting a trusted person? Well, we didn't focus on that narrow question, but we did focus on a slightly broader one, which is what are some of the issues that are around uh, choosing a trusted advisor, mm-hmm. either the, the actual choice of the individual, which obviously is very circumstance or family specific, right. or around the, the the rules, the guidelines, the things that would enable or, or give license to the advisor to reach out to that person and actually initiate the contact. And you mentioned in your, your remarks a moment ago, the concern about privacy around financial information. Yeah. And that clearly resonated. So, our financial lives as Canadians are really important to us. They're, they're one of the things that, that we identify with that, that sort of define who we are because it's, it's not only your strengths, but your vulnerabilities are all encapsulated in your personal financial situation. Yes. So, you know, giving someone else access to that is, is making yourself vulnerable all by its lonesome. Yeah. So one of the things that came out was, okay, lots of support for the idea of having this trusted contact tell us how you're going to deal with the privacy issues. And so one of the reasons that we haven't uh, moved further along in this process yet was because we wanted to understand you know, how big an issue the privacy concern was. And it's a big one. Yeah, yeah. So in addition to the trusted contact alone, there's another component that we ask people about, and that was the idea of, of what's called a regulatory safe harbor. So you know, your obligations are to your client. And if you go to another person, uh, a trusted contact and say, hey, I think there's something wrong here. Uh, And at the extreme, I think we need to stop a transaction, say, that's been been asked for by the client because there's, uh, perhaps they, they don't understand the consequences of taking that action. Or as I mentioned earlier, the extreme cases, they're, they're subject to potential financial abuse, you know, those are serious steps. And so we want to make sure as a regulatory body that we give cover for the advisor to do the right thing and give that sort of safe harbor so that advisors can act in the interest of their clients. There was support for that. Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. Finish, Finish that thought. That's great. 
No, the, the, the closing part is, but we got to do it right. And, and in yeah. going out to, to Canadians to ask them about the privacy concerns, we heard pretty loudly and clearly that that's, that's something we need to, to put good guide rails around so that everyone knew, knows the rules of the road and, and when, uh, when you can make that phone call. And when you can take the step of, say, freezing an account temporarily until you can ensure that the actions being asked for are, are good and, and right. Well, and, and so I want to thank you, first of all, for, again, we can't do justice to this complicated issue um, in 10 minutes, but raising awareness for the fact that there, all, there, there is vulnerabilities out there and that it's a complex issue that we need to take action Correct. steps around and that as an industry, we're in fact doing those things, recognizing what's happening. So... Um, at least for the time we have today, I think you've done absolute justice to to raising that awareness, and I want to thank you for uh, taking some time with us today. It was a pleasure to be with you. We've been joined by Andrew Kriegler. He's the president and CEO of of IROC, our regulatory body. Um, uh, uh, This is not going to get easier. Vulnerabilities are are out there now, and again, uh, Andrew would say that it goes beyond just an aging population, but the fact of the matter is we do have an aging demographic in Canada, and that aging demographic will face more vulnerabilities, right, um, mental or whatever the case may be, as they get older. So not not diminishing the fact that there's other people out there that are all vulnerable, but our industry has to get good at at helping people and protecting people from uh, from themselves mm-hmm. and from predators. Correct. And so we need to kind of explain how that happens in our process using the four buckets, our health bucket, our legacy buckets. We're also going to talk uh, at our next seminar about this and how to profit and protect and bulletproof your retirement. That will be on Tuesday, July 23rd, 7 p.m. at the Four Points Sheraton Hotel in West Calgary. You need to reserve your seat, so give us a call, 966-8400, or go online to register at morethanmoneyradio.com. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.